America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. It is a great nation. It is a great day when we're going into a weekend and over the weekend, the remaining crucial races other than the uh, runoff that is going to be taking place in the Peach State over in Georgia on December 6th. We should have resolution for all of that so that we don't go through this situation. And I hope we can change that in our country. Uh, changing uh, election week or election month, it might be. Changing that back to the idea of election day. 1-800-955-1776 is a phone number on the Michael Medved Show. There is a, uh, a piece uh, that... Uh, appeared by the Associated Press. It's by Gary Fells and Nuha Doli. And uh, the, the top of the piece is a provocative headline. It says, Future of Democracy on Voters' Minds. And it, it points out that there were Republicans who, despite the disappointments of the red wave not actually crashing onto the shore, but maybe just dribbling onto the shore, there were Republicans who did spectacularly well in this election. And part of what uh, that reflected was people who, first of all, did not embrace the narrative of uh, a stolen election. The Republicans who were most successful were people who stayed away from that and did not try to undermine confidence in democracy. They point to, in this uh, article, uh, as one example, New Hampshire, where the voters reelected the Republican governor, Chris Sununu, to a fourth term. But they rejected three congressional candidates, including the candidate for Senate, who were either endorsed by Trump or aligned themselves with the former president. Instead, the voters sent Democratic incumbents back to Washington. And it really had to do with that uh, stolen election narrative. To evaluate what actually happened and what the voters across the country were saying, Nobody better to talk to than Frank Luntz. Uh, Dr. Luntz is one of the most honored communication professionals in the world, frankly, and he's worked all over the world. He is the king of focus groups. He basically refined the modern focus group that you see on TV where you're talking to various talking heads to try to gather the message that people are trying to send when they vote. Uh, Frank, did we get a clear message from the United States of America on Tuesday? Not really, unfortunately. We did get a rejection in one sense, um, and that was of Donald Trump. And I'm afraid I'm going to alienate some of your listeners now. We did a focus group last night with swing voters. Eleven of them had voted for Donald Trump, and only one of them wanted him to run again. And while they really appreciate what he did as president and they bless his determination, they don't like the game anymore. They don't like the rudeness. They don't like the abusiveness. And I know you're a civil and a respectful and a decent human being. What has now happened is the Trump voters have looked at the former president and they said, why are you attacking Ron DeSantis? 
in the last few hours, he tra- attacked uh, Glenn Youngkin. <laughs> and and for being staff. Chinese, which he is not. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's awful. And he's attacking the future of the Republican Party. And the truth is, he's determined to bring the party down. So I, I, I and I, I emphasize this, and I'm very careful about my words, that they appreciate what he did in turning this country around. But they want him now go away. Well, maybe even better than go away to actually support some of the principles that he's identified with. In other words, to support a stronger America, building up our military, boy, is that important right now. But to the very best of my knowledge, uh, here you have America facing the tremendous danger, threats of nuclear war, threats of uh, Xi Jinping against Taiwan. And President Trump hasn't talked much about that, has he? He's only focused on his own grievances. When he spoke, when he was the voice of the people who had been ignored, forgotten, and even betrayed, the hardworking, working class, middle class, the people who pay their bills, get up each day, go to work, don't ask for a government check, put their children through school. They themselves probably don't have a college education, but they work hard, play by the rules, pay their taxes. And they saw in Donald Trump their voice, the person who fight for them. What they now see is someone who's only fighting for himself. And they, are, they, they feel betrayed by him, and they're bitter about it. And those are the people who left. So that's how you have a Republican governor in New Hampshire and the congressmen and senators all endorsed by Trump, the Republican candidates, all losing. That's why they lost in Pennsylvania. That's why they lost in Arizona. Uh, You're assuming assuming that the votes uh, in Arizona that are going to come in are not going to turn the election around for either Carrie Lake or Blake Masters? Uh, they might. It's possible that Kerry Lake can still win. Lake Masters is not going to win. Kerry Lake, it, it will be very close. But yes, I'm assuming that Blake Masters loses. And it's very... Uh, we've never had an election. This is something that you have to explain to your viewers, your listeners. We've never had an election with this unpopular president. I believe that the policies of the administration have failed. I believe that the economy is horrible. Uh, the day-to-day pain of inflation, the embarrassment of a foreign policy that has failed in every possible way, and yet the voters don't punish Joe Biden. And my belief right now, and I'm going to doing a survey as we speak to either prove it or disprove it, because I believe in data, I believe in science, and I believe in facts, is that Donald Trump was actually more of an issue today, even though he hasn't been president for two years. You're the most optimistic person on the radio. You're always hopeful. Every segment begins with greatest day for the greatest country. And I love that. I wish I could share it. I wish I could believe it. But in what I see and what I hear, it's very hard because we had a president who simply did not see the facts. He's doing the same thing right now, and he's killing. He's trying to kill the best voices in the Republican Party and all those Trump people out there. Understand that the true success of a movement isn't just what you do yourself. It's the legacy that you create for the next generation. 
is there are there people to follow you and to carry the torch? You all know how old Trump is. And he's destroying those people right now as we speak. Well, again, I'm not sure that his uh, attack on uh, on Governor Youngkin, which is just from out of left field, and it may be because uh, Governor Youngkin's lieutenant governor, Winsome Sears, who's one of the rising stars of the Republican Party, uh, said yesterday, and we played it on the air, that uh, she could not support Trump in a future campaign. So, uh, again, uh, I think that uh, uh, what you find from Governor Youngkin is he, he responded uh, far more effectively than uh, President Trump did in this uh, ongoing battle. We'll play that when we come back. We'll also talk to Frank Luntz about what the Republicans can do, what conservatives can do to advance conservative ideas and a conservative philosophy in the uh, months and weeks ahead as we approach another presidential election, but also with a very different looking new Congress that may in fact have at least some increase in the influence and uh, decision-making ability of a Republican caucus. We will be right back with Dr. Frank Luntz on the Medved Show. Can I just say that you do more for radio than what high definition will ever do for television. This is the Michael Medved Show. Michael Medved show just to bring everybody up to date we're speaking to Dr. Frank Luntz who is the king of focus groups has uh, played a crucial role in so many uh, conservative victories and primarily on conservative victories over the years and really all around the world uh, has been featured as a uh, doing focus groups on 60 Minutes, Good Morning America, Frontline, uh, The Daily Show, Real Time with Bill Maher, Meet the Press, Nightline, etc. cetera. Uh, Frank, let me, let me just bring people up to date quickly and then get a response from you. Uh, President Trump on Truth Social said this morning that uh, concerning Governor Glenn Youngkin, the newly elected, very popular governor of Virginia, who campaigned very successfully for say, uh, Republican candidates around the country, uh, Trump said, I endorsed him, did a very big Trump rally for him telephonically, got MAGA to vote for him, or he couldn't have come close to winning. Uh, and then he went on and said, Youngkin, now that's an interesting take. Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? In Virginia, couldn't have won without me. Uh, the uh, post uh, by Trump comes a day after Youngkin's lieutenant governor, Winsome Sears, said she couldn't support Trump if he made a third bid for the Oval Office in 2024. Uh, she had said a true leader understands when they have become a liability. A true leader understands that it's time to step off the stage. In any event, uh, Concerning Trump's uh, attack on Governor Yunkin, this is what Governor Yunkin said in response this morning. This is clip two. 
What's your reaction? To this? First of all, I didn't see it. Um, we have and, it right uh, and I have to, I have to be honest. I've been busy all morning. Um, listen, I, 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 you, you all know me. I do, I do not uh, call people names. I, I uh, really work hard to bring people together, and that's what we're working on. Well, that's what I'm saying, and, and, and I just—that's not the way I roll, and not the way I behave. And, uh, and I think again, this is a moment for us to come together. Uh, your reaction, Frank Luntz? My reaction is that it's pathetic. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not funny. No one finds it funny. It's rude. And at some point, I always ask a Trump voter, because I don't challenge their, their belief in his policies, but I ask them, if your children came home and started speaking to you the way Donald Trump speaks to people, would you be proud? If you found out that that's what your child did at school with it, with her or his classmates, would this be something that you would embrace? And of course the answer is no. And it's now grown tired. And he started to do it, started to try to undermine two of the freshest voices, most successful governors, most courageous governors in the country. The one wonders, has he gone, has he gone crazy? because there's no justification for this. And the consequence of this is to start an internal war that the only winner are, are the progressives. The only winner are the left of the left of the Democrats. And it's embarrassing, quite frankly. It's just, he should be embarrassed. His family, Don Jr. should sit him down and say, Dad, what the hell are you doing? But Don Jr. doesn't do that because that's how he talks as well. And 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 again, he has uh, obviously a lot invested in his father's candidacy. You think that uh, President Trump is going to go ahead and um, make this big, 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 big announcement, which is going to be his third race for president? We'll be hearing about that on Tuesday, is it? I know how many people who work for him in senior positions who told him to delay that announcement, including people who still backed him for president. But it's almost universal. It's almost unanimous. Don't do this. You will undercut, once again, the focus in, in uh, Georgia. You will lead to the Democrats once again winning a runoff there. I was at his event. And, and, Michael, I saw his speech. I got there before he started speaking. I stayed to the very bitter end. He spent more time complaining about the, the, the Georgia electoral system, more time complaining that he was robbed, that he'd won that race, that the votes don't matter, more time telling Republicans that there's no reason to participate in the election because your vote will be stolen. That's what he did the night before the Senate race, the two Senate races in 2001, he's about to do it again. And if he has a decent bone in his body, if he actually does care about the country more than himself, he will keep quiet, stay underground, let the runoff take place, and then do whatever he wants to do. He has every right to run for office and every right to run whatever he wants to and say whatever he wants to. But he will, mark my words, cost the Republicans that seat once again, the third time, and 
the consequences of that are, as we've seen in the last two years, are epic. He has to live with that. And not epic in a good way. Um, if you were advising, and I assume that uh, at least long distance uh, you are, uh, Governor DeSantis, uh, who just had a huge triumph with the election in Florida, uh, what is the uh, best way for him to take on President Trump uh, if he wants to do that? Well, I do not, just to clarify the record, I don't advise Governor DeSantis. I've stayed out of electoral politics as I've gotten into analyzing and explaining it to the American people on a number of different news outlets. I've actually enjoyed becoming an analyst and... I'm grateful for being much less partisan at a time when we are just hyper-partisan. But my advice to DeSantis is don't do anything except your job until the end of your legislative session. It starts in March. It ends in May. There's no rush. People know who you are. They appreciate what you've done. He's been incredibly successful in the state. And let Trump soil. Don't respond to him. Don't give him oxygen. Marco Rubio went after him and got beat. Ted Cruz went after him and got beat. Chris Christie never had a chance to go after him. It is, you know, there's a line, and I hope I get it correct. And if I don't, I apologize. But you never want to wrestle with a pig. You get dirty, and the pig likes it. I'm not saying... I'm not calling Donald Trump a barnyard animal. <laughs> I'm glad you're clarifying that. Um, yes. But I look, I, I understand the point that you're making, but what about the very real fear that people have that if uh, DeSantis focuses on Florida until May, the end of his legislative session, what if uh, Trump uh, has it locked up before then? I'm talking about the Republican nomination. Frank Luntz, I hope to have you back very soon because there is so much to discuss as the Republican Party tries to find a way to regroup, not necessarily rebuild. Uh, coming up on the MedVet Show. Daily dose of debate. It's the Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, coverage in the Wall Street Journal about where we stand right now in the fight for the House of Representatives. I mean, people assume that, well, it's all taken care of. Uh, the one thing that isn't taken care of is whether or not Kevin McCarthy is going to get enough support from his own caucus because a number of... Um, uh, Freedom Caucus members, people who are more on the right in the uh, Republican caucus in the House, are not eager that uh, Kevin McCarthy should become Speaker. So there is a discussion now about uh, whether there will be significant opposition. And with the whole makeup of the House so close, the uh, Republicans have uh, now locked up in terms of races that have been conceded, uh, authorized. They have 209 uh, seats in the House. This according to the Wall Street Journal. There are 37 races to go. 
uh, they need 218 seats to get a majority because there are 435 seats in the House. To get a majority, you need uh, 218. So they need to win nine of the 37 remaining contests that are up in the air. The, uh, the Democrats uh, need to do much better than that because they don't have as many seats locked up right now. They have 189, but it's still statistically possible to, um, to, for, this, for the Democrats to turn this around, which I'm sure is driving them uh, crazy. The um, uh, Republicans in the Senate had uh, claimed... 49 seats compared with 48 for the Democrats. And uh, they would need to win in at least two of the three remaining states, Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia, to win a majority. Uh, the, the Democrats don't need to do that well because they have Kamala Harris to break the tie. Uh, today is Veterans Day, and it is a great day to appreciate the incalculable contributions that uh, people in our military have made to sustaining and building this country. And uh, we have a Veterans Day collection uh, that they've just put together at Medved History Store. And this is history programs uh, that begins with a very detailed account of the crucial battles of the Revolutionary War, where some of the victories for the American side, the side fighting for independence, were clearly miraculous and unusual and intensely dramatic in the sense they could go either way. And this covers the battles of the American Revolution, uh, battles and crucial issues involved with the Civil War. Uh, the uh, And then a, a special package also with wars of the 19th century, all of them aside from the Civil War, the War of 1812, the Mexican War, even something on the Spanish-American War, and then uh, the wars of the 20th century, including three big lies about Vietnam. Uh, the question about World War One was it the Great War or America's Greatest Mistake? and uh, then myths and mistakes that people make about World War II. Now, all of this is available to you at up to 70% off, and you get a, a special gift for Veterans Day, uh, a gift of a free beer mug, uh, a Medved beer mug, which uh, uh, will be sent out to you together with the Veterans Day collection. Uh, go to michaelmedved.com or go to medvedhistorystore.com to see exactly what's on offer. Medvedhistorystore.com. Okay, concerning the history that was just made, uh, the uh, headline in the, um, in the Wall Street Journal is GOP inches closer to House majority. And... Uh, that's um, uh, based on current trends, uh, according to the uh, Wall Street Journal. Uh, Jessica Taylor, who uh, follows uh, Iowa Senate races for the Cook Political Report, a nonpartisan uh, tracker of uh, congressional races, 
says that based on current trends, I think Democrats will keep both Nevada and Arizona. And Democrats could actually add a seat to their majority. In other words, to come out not just with 50 seats in the Senate, but with 51. Uh, or the Republicans could uh, uh, also win 50 or come out with 51. Uh, the uh, the Democrats don't need to go beyond 50 seats to get a majority because of that Kamala Harris factor. Um, President Trump spoke out today about the counting of votes that's going on in Clark County, Nevada, which is uh, Las Vegas. It's where most of the votes are in that state. He says Clark County, Nevada, says President Trump, uh, has a corrupt voting system. And he says, be careful, Adam, meaning Adam Laxalt, who is the Republican nominee for Senate, uh, as do many places in our soon-to-be third-world country. That's what President Trump is saying about the United States. Uh, Arizona even said by the end of the week, they must uh, want more time to cheat. Carrie Lake must win. By uh, late Thursday afternoon, Ms. Lake was trailing uh, Katie Hobbs by less than one percentage point in the Arizona governor's race. The, uh, by the way, it's been revised since that observation. It's now 1.4%. She has actually been losing ground rather than gaining it. The results of Tuesday's elections revealed voter anxiety over the highest inflation in four decades, the state of the nation, abortion, access, and crime. The uh, voting also showed that the electorate remains polarized following a tumultuous few years marked by political upheaval, economic uncertainty, and a global pandemic. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice to really have a change in that pattern? Uh, Democrats uh, avoided the worst outcome because their voters came to the polls with high enthusiasm, according to voter surveys, while swing voters often broke in their favor. Uh, the election wasn't the strong rejection of President Biden and the Democratic Party that many Republicans had predicted. And then again, this is the Wall Street Journal, Nathan Gonzalez, publisher of Inside Elections, which provides nonpartisan analysis of political campaigns, said his current expectation was that Republicans would win a net of four to 11 House seats. If they win 11 House seats, that gives them 220, which is exactly what the Democrats have right now. If they win only four House seats, then uh, they fall short. Um, that would be a shock. But is it still possible? It is. All of this depends on these unresolved House seats. Democrats still have a chance to hold the majority, he said. The talk from Republicans about taking away Speaker Pelosi's gavel, that is premature. There's also reason to believe, according to VoteCast, which is this um, Associated Press uh, examination of the ballots, Election Day showed uh, Biden was not alone in his anxiety about the survival of democracy. 
44% of all voters said the future of democracy was their primary consideration, according to AP VoteCast, an extensive survey of more than 94,000 voters nationwide. That included 56% of Democrats and more than a third, 34% of Republicans. What does that mean exactly? We'll get to it on The Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. Now that's really good. <laughs> Michael Medved show in the background, uh, some music by uh, John Mellencamp, who uh, is the man of the hour because of a, a presentation that he made of unexpected impact he made last night at an induction ceremony into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He, uh, he had been asked to perform and then to give a little speech inducting entertainment lawyer Alan Grubman into the Rock Hall. And uh, he's a famed attorney for artists, including Bruce Springsteen and Mariah Curry, uh, Carey. She and he is a longtime uh, friend and, and uh, client, John Mellencamp is. He took a moment to um, make his words count concerning uh, this Alan Grubman. And here's what that sounded like uh, last night. On the screen, uh, uh, that uh, the, was not on the screen, was uh, he welcomed uh, a Grubman as a true mensch to the stage to accept his honor, and Mellencamp said, Alan is Jewish. And I bring that up for one reason. I'm a Gentile, and my life has been enriched by countless Jewish people. And then he said, I cannot tell you how blanking, effing important it is to speak out if you're an artist against anti-Semitism, he continued. I don't give a F. I don't care what you are. Here's the trick. Silence is complicity. I'm standing here tonight loudly and proudly with Alan, his family, and all my Jewish friends and all of the Jewish people in the world. And then he said, F anti-Semitism and F anybody who uh, says that it's not important. And Mellencamp's comments came uh, on the heels of incidents uh, over the uh, recent months and years. And one of those incidents was also in the news uh, today. The... Uh, New York Times is reporting that an 18-year-old man from Middlesex County, New Jersey, was arrested and charged on Thursday with threatening to attack a synagogue and Jews earlier this month, an episode that led the uh, warnings from the FBI in New Jersey of a broad security risk to synagogues in the state. The man was identified as Omar uh, Al-Katul, of Sayreville. He shared a document entitled When Swords Collide with Several People via Social Media on November 1st, just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, not even. And Mr. Alcatul admitted to writing the document, which included inflammatory language about relations between Jews and Muslims, and told the person with whom he shared it 
that uh, the manifesto was in the context of an attack on Jews. That's a quote, according to uh, prosecutors. A person who received a link to the document from Mr. Alcatul informed law enforcement officials according to the charging documents. And obviously, even the guy's a senior at high school, he's 18 years old. He also had remarks about coming in and killing all of his classmates. Do you think it's the right thing to do to inform authorities if somebody is talking about things like that, talking about an attack on Jewish people? In court, the prosecutors detailed how Mr. Al-Katul, a high school senior, sent an online message on September 11th saying, do not make fun of 9-11 because 19 good martyrs died on that same day. And in the morning of his arrest, he wants to kill all freshmen in my school. Um, that was uh, something that he had just put out there. So again, this is one individual, but when these ideas get circulated, they get more and more injected into the national conversation. It's the same thing that happened after Ye, uh, Kanye West issued his statements about declaring Death Con 3 on Jewish people. And right after that, there were banners that appeared over freeways in Los Angeles that said Ye was right about, uh, about the Jews. And uh, then they projected that at a football game in Jacksonville, Florida. So when the stuff gets repeated endlessly, and this is the problem with Kyrie Irving, the uh, player for the Brooklyn uh, Nets, who knows how much longer he will be there. Phil Knight of Nike went on CNBC and talked about why the company is cutting all ties with Kyrie Irving. Uh, listen, clip 11. Kyrie stepped over the line. It's kind of that simple. And uh, so he, he made some statements that we just can't abide by, and that's where we ended the relationship. And, yeah, I, I was fine with that. Well, I think, you know, obviously Athlete Association has been key from the very beginning, uh, and it's still key that, uh, that we work that very hard. We look at uh, who we sign and how much we pay, and uh, we look not only how good the athlete is, but how what his or her character are, are and uh, – so uh, it's, a, it's not an exact science, that, uh, but it's a process that we go through with a lot of intensity, with a lot of people sticking their head in it. Uh, and uh, that's one that, uh, you know, it goes all the way to the CEO because some of the numbers that are paid are pretty big. You know, the decision with Kyrie, Kyrie, as you said, he crossed a line. Did he have a chance to step back? Because it seems like the Nets had given him plenty of opportunities to oh. apologize. Was that he, the same situation? Yes, yeah, same situation. He was dug in. So is there no going back at this point? Was that, that like? That's I, I would doubt that we would go back, but uh, yeah. So that's, uh, but I, I I don't know for sure. See, the difficulty for Kyrie Irving was he was promoting on his social media, and he has big social media accounts, a uh, a book that involved the, the idea that um, anyone who sees himself or herself or our grandparents or great-great-great-grandparents as Jewish is a faker, is an imposter, uh, because there is no connection, he insists, between uh, the Jewish people today and the people who inhabit Israel and the ancient Hebrews in the Bible. And uh, he also is part of that giant fraud that he's trying to expose in this book that he is promoting uh, the claim is that the Holocaust is also a great big 
fake. Uh, but but Kyrie Irving also believes that <laughs> seeing the Earth as a globe is a great big uh, fake. Here are some of his prior comments on a flat Earth. Listen. When I started actually doing research on my own and, and figuring out that there is no real picture of Earth. Like, there's not one picture of Earth. And we haven't been back to the moon since 1961 or 1969. And you start, and, and, and it becomes like conspiracy. Houston, we have a problem. Okay, there's no picture that actually shows uh, that the Earth is round. Uh, all those pictures are not faked. And uh, the the idea that that again people would take seriously. Fortunately, I think when when people hear even a, a very gifted basketball player like Kyrie Irving uh, talking about a flat Earth, uh, they they kind of recognize <laughs> that that it's not credible. Uh, but the problem is that so many people. Uh, repeating ancient kinds of conspiracy theories about Jewish people, which are right at the very heart of QAnon, by the way. It's why all of that is um, so offensive and, frankly, so deeply dangerous. Uh, Bellevue, Washington, recently, the city of Bellevue, did a, a good thing, an appropriate thing and actually adopted a, a clear definition of anti-Semitism and, um, and basically included in anti-Semitism the desire to do harassment, violence, vandalism, hostility, spreading lies and slanders and smears about uh, Jewish people or Jewish institutions and made the point that some of those anti-Semitic ideas are often applied to people who actually have no uh, Jewish background or involvement at all. Uh, coming up on the Medved Show, uh, we're going to be talking uh, this uh, next hour to Catherine Rampell, who's an opinion columnist for the Washington Post. And uh, she talks about democratic denial. Uh, the uh, they said she writes about not just the victories for Democrats, and there were some, there were many actually, but uh, some of their big defeats. She says they have no one but themselves to blame. Uh, we will be talking about that, and plus, big new movies, including Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It's a lot of movie there. It's two hours and 40 minutes. Uh, we will tell you whether or not it's worth it in this greatest nation on God's green earth.